Hey there. I offer this podcast freely. Your support really makes a difference. To make a donation, visit ReneeMcKenna.com. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee LaVallee McKenna, and I bring my 30-plus years as a recovering addict and ex-crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about love and fear and the idea that everything we do is motivated by one or the other. And the earth plane, this dimension that we live in, is a dimension of duality. And although we always have more than two choices in any circumstance in our life, if we look deeply at the choices we make, both conscious and unconscious, they are always motivated by one or the other, love or fear. And the excellent news is that we do have free will, and the choices that we make create the circumstances of our life and our experience of it. And although love and fear may seem like opposing forces, for most of us, they are actually interdependent energies that encourage our growth and evolution. If we become prey to fear, however, they can also be the agents of our destruction. Now, on the ultimate level, it all comes out in the wash because we are part of this larger consciousness system that is always evolving toward higher good and unity. And we literally get infinite chances to get it right and choose love. In case you didn't know, love is the best choice. And choosing love over fear helps us to grow in wisdom and discernment, which helps us make choices between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. Now, this duality of love and fear could also be named as the binary configuration of creativity versus chaos, evolution and devolution, and growth or decay, or what one of my favorite physicists and spiritual teachers, Tom Campbell, calls the universal tendencies toward order or entropy. Can you have a favorite physicist? That seems like a funny thing. But anyway, <laughs> he is my favorite physicist. He's actually my only physicist, so it makes it an easy favorite. If you aren't familiar with Tom Campbell, he's a brilliant spiritual teacher posing in this lifetime as a nerdy white guy. He began his own work at the Monroe Institute, which bills itself as the world's leading education center for the study of human consciousness. The Monroe Institute is a wonderful organization. One of my clients has been dabbling in their audio resources for meditation and self-growth, and I encourage you to check out the Monroe Institute if you're not familiar with their work. And my early introduction to this concept of free will and how we choose to manage our own fear, and we all have fear, in fact, all of our human suffering, again, if we look deeply at it, ultimately boils down to some kind of fear is kind of encapsulated in these really simple binary acronyms for fear. An acronym is when you take the letters of a word and then each letter makes a different word. So fear can stand for fuck everything and run or face everything and recover. If you want the more G-rated version, forget everything and run or face everything and receive. Some of my other favorite acronyms for fear are future events already ruined. Love that one, because fear is almost always about the future. Unless you're faced with a poisonous snake 
or being pursued by thugs or a wild animal. Fear is almost always a negative projection into the future. And if you're really good at fear like I have been, you're projecting absolutely the worst case scenario that could happen, which leaves no room for love, creativity, construction, hope, possibility, courage, and all that good stuff that give us different outcomes than what we fear. Another good acronym for fear is faulty emotions appearing real. And if we consider that our emotions and our consciousness is actually energy that has a vibrational rate, the resonance of fear is very, very low. And the resonance of love, hope, and courage are very, very high. And fear, if we really are consumed or overtaken by it, can drive us to hopelessness, despair, apathy, shame, and ultimately to early death. From a spiritual or consciousness perspective, all addiction is rooted in fear. And the base fear underlying all of the other human dysfunction and fears is that we are alone, that we are on our own here, that there is no help available to us, that there is no God or universal life force that has our highest good and development in mind, and that this whole thing is just a path to suffering and destruction that doesn't make any sense. And so we better grab as many toys, have as much sex, drugs, and rock and roll as we can before we get taken out. At least that's how I spent the first third of my life and can still easily slide back into that perspective if I'm overtaken by fear. And the good news is, the most excellent news and the truth of the matter is that we are not alone. We are actually part of a much larger, incredibly benevolent system that wants nothing more than our own growth, optimal development, and highest good. Because we are all connected, my highest good is connected with the highest good of the whole system. And the system is not stupid <laughs> and has its own best interest at heart as well own evolution. But we do get free will here. And most of the things that people point to in outrage or ignorance as evidence that there can't be a God that has our highest good, like war, genocide, institutional oppression, personal and systemic abuse and suffering. Again, if we look deeply at those, those are rooted in human choices based in fear. They're also based in selfishness, greed, rage, and pride. Judgments in there too. But again, if we look deeply at each of those attitudes, ultimately they are rooted in fear as well. And how do we look deeply at our fears? It's actually quite simple. And this is a practice in my life. It's a part of fourth step self appraisal in 12 step practice. And I did this process recently with a client who's in this really intense and embroiled legal battle with her own mother. And she's trying to extricate herself from a really dysfunctional, multi-layered family business that's rooted in tremendous ancestral wounding and dysfunction. And it's scary to make change in our life, to go into the unknown, to be different, to not be in control of the outcome. And facing those fears helps us grow in all these iterations of love, like courage, hope, connection, joy, and fulfillment. And so I had her list all of her fears in this really intense process she's in. Write them down. It's really important when we look deeply to actually write things down. There's something about bringing things into physical reality that's very powerful. 
It's very grounding and concrete and takes a lot of the power out of them. Fears in our head can become tremendous boogeyman and demons. When we write them down, they're just a few letters on a page. And the list was pretty long. And I encourage you to try this yourself. It's an excellent exercise. I still do it regularly, a couple times a year. And so I asked her of all that list of fears, what's the most scary? And she said that I'll make bad choices and lose everything and hurt everyone. Yeah, that's kind of a scary consideration. And so to look deeply at this fear that she would make bad choices, lose everything and hurt everyone, I asked, what's scary about that? The answer that I would be alone, destitute, and everyone hates me. And what's scary about that? That I would die disconnected and suffering. And it's my experience that that is the base fear underlying almost all human suffering. And so I asked the question, where is God in this fear? And the answer was nowhere. There is no God in that fear. There is no life force, no wisdom, no hope or creativity. There is no love. And if you're foolish enough to be an atheist and unable to see the incredible intelligence that underlies every living and non-living form, then you're kind of screwed. And if you can even be just the slightest open-minded, we don't have to go too far. Usually stepping outside, literally outside of our home, our room, our car, and into the reality of the larger system that we're a part of, the wind is blowing. The earth is spinning. We know that because the sun is moving across the sky. Water is flowing. Everything is in some state of growth or decay, both of which are healthy. Birth and death are both necessary on the physical plane. In fact, our misunderstanding and fear of death, of ending, of things being removed or letting them go is the place where I think every one of us is called to grow in love over fear, to surrender to the wisdom of this infinitely evolving system that we are a part of. And growing in wisdom is very closely tied to our abilities to grow in the choice of love over fear. And every little tiny choice we make in our life, and there are thousands, even millions of them, could be broken down as a choice for love or hope or fear and hopelessness. And hope is just simply the possibility that things could be different than we could imagine. We're very arrogant, thinking we know everything of how things are going to go down. And lots of times we're so attached to being right, our desire to control and think we know what's going to happen is so powerful. Our terror of the unknown so great that we will unconsciously or consciously resist new possibilities in our own evolution and stay in the safety or at least the familiarity of our suffering because of the juice we get out of knowing what's going to happen and being unwilling to trade out the feeding that we do on our suffering. And we all get juice from our suffering, whether we're aware of it or not. I call that lower power. And trading that out for higher power takes us out of the driver's seat, requires us to ask for help, recognize that we are interdependent, to risk opening ourselves to new possibilities and expand our capacity to receive love. I did a recent podcast, number 165, Surrender to Win. And you might want to check out episode 102, Why We Suck at Receiving. And most of us do suck at receiving, and fear depletes us and sucks from us. And conversely, love nourishes 
fulfills and expands us. And the fears most people have are primarily around getting hurt, feeling discomfort, fear of losing something I already have or not getting something that I really want. And the great truth that life is difficult is unavoidable. There's a terrible kind of cultural belief that we're supposed to be happy and comfortable all the time. And the system's actually set up, if we're happy and comfortable all the time, then we are not moving or growing. We're built to challenge ourselves and to participate in the system. And we can look at addiction, obesity, laziness, and the devolving dis-ease of those states is also subtly rooted in fear. So we got to grow up and get over our fear of discomfort because we often cause ourselves, as the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung said, neurosis is always a substitute for legitimate suffering. And most of us would like to avoid the idea of legitimate suffering, trying to find a shortcut or an easy way out. And unfortunately, most of the shortcuts and easy ways actually cause more suffering in the long run. I know that as an alcoholic addict and ex-criminal always looking for a shortcut in an easy way, don't really like to pay my taxes, and facing my fears is the shortcut. That's the legitimate suffering. And a life well lived is a life of courage, integrity, and love. So I've talked a lot about fear. Now I'm going to talk about love. And I have to say, I hate it that we only have one word for probably the most profound concept that we are presented with in life. And love has myriad forms. There's a love of self, love of others, love of God. You can love your dog. You can love your car. You can love your work. You can love your boyfriend. You can love your children. You can love nature. You can love ideas and beauty. And my favorite definition of love is to extend oneself for the spiritual growth of another or yourself. And it's the extending that is the act of love. Now, most of the time we think of love as a feeling, and certainly there can be feelings associated with it, but feelings come and go. Love, as I am talking about it, is a decision, it's a choice, and it's an action. And it's rooted in the idea of the highest good for myself and others, which may or may not include their comfort and may even challenge their sense of safety and self. And I need to challenge those things within myself as well. So when I was a kid, I was riddled with anxiety, starting in first grade, terrified to go to school. And my mother was an anxious person. And so she let me stay home all the time because that's what she did. And over my mother's lifetime, I got to watch her very slowly devolve. And at the end of her life, she had become so fearful that there was almost no one in it. Five people came to my mother's funeral and three of them were with me. And she actually had a strong will and a pretty big ego. And so I guess she got to prove to herself that there was very little love in the universe, but it was actually a lie. And thank God I was introduced to that concept of that acronym about fear. And I was encouraged and supported by therapists, a spiritual community, and friends and fellows also on a personal growth path to face everything and receive. And it was uncomfortable to go to work when I was anxious. I didn't know how to show up for difficult things. Those were muscles that existed, but they were underdeveloped. And just like working out, our body, our psyche, our spirit responds very quickly. 
If you use your body in a way you haven't in a while, you'll be sore because your muscles are actually growing to meet the needs of whatever it is you're doing. And our psyche and spirit, our emotions and our mind will do the same. And just like our body, if we don't challenge ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, creatively, or professionally, we will devolve. And if we do challenge ourselves in those ways, we will evolve, grow, and become stronger. And that is the energy of love. And although it can be scary as hell, it actually feels good. Opening to receive and to give in healthy, wise, conscious ways that intend for the growth and evolution of ourselves and others. So I made my kids go to school when they were anxious, and I paid attention because I had their highest good in mind. And one of my children remained anxious and didn't outgrow it. And because there are healthy fears, it became obvious that his school was not a good fit for him. And so we removed him from that environment that was causing destructive fear. And we found this amazing little school that was a perfect fit for him. So fear and love are interrelated. And again, we need to look deeply at our fears so that we can know where we are being called to grow along the currents of love and hope, possibility and creativity. This can be particularly complex in relationship where I might have anxiety about vulnerability and intimacy. And I have absolutely opened myself to people that I should have remained closed to, and I have closed myself that it may have been beneficial for me to open to more love. And although I have better instincts and intuition than I ever have, I also have more friends and advisors than I ever have. And I really value other people's input and insight into things that I can't see or places where I might have blind spots, and we all have them. So growing in love for me has been growing in interdependence and a willingness to receive more and more help rather than growing in independence and needing people less and less. Interdependence is a much higher evolution than independence. But independence is an important place to grow to if we're stuck in dependence. And dependence is generally when we have people, places, and institutions substituting for higher power or God as a source in our life. And the more we can come to rely upon and align with the energy of love and highest good, then the more independent and interdependent we actually are. And love, as I'm talking about it, is closely aligned with courage, honesty, and willingness. Probably the most unconditional or purest love I have is with my children, although I'm continuing to try to grow in the skills and abilities to expand that into all areas of my life. And although certainly I have been responsible for my children's comfort, I am also the steward of their growth. And being a good parent requires for me to grow as well. It's very common in parenthood to secretly want to protect our own comfort and to project that onto our children. It's particularly evident in the transitional moments where children move further and further away from us. When they go off to school, we send them out into the world. Do we send them out with trust and faith that the world is a benevolent place and the universe supports and cares for them? Or do we send them off with fear that something might happen to them that might make us uncomfortable and a lack of faith that difficulties will breed strength as they learn to overcome them? 
They fall down and skin their knee and realize that it will heal. It's an excellent lesson. Now, we can avoid them ever getting a skinned knee, but they will never learn about the resilience and healing properties of their own body. You might not want them to get their feelings hurt, but how will they develop the emotional resilience to care for themselves? Adversity breeds strength. And when our children are ready to move out of the house, do we want to keep them dependent on us for our own security, for our own fear of moving into the next place of our own evolution as adult parents of adults who have their own life, don't need mommy or daddy all the time? And what happens to us when we're not needed in that way? So being truly loving, deeply caring, extending ourselves for another's spiritual growth absolutely calls us to grow as well. Because we are connected in a system that has our highest good in mind and wants us all to grow and evolve for the benefit of ourselves and others. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please drop five stars in Spotify or a good review on iTunes. Doing lots of free workshops on Insight Timer and just released my 10-day healing trauma course, a really gentle but profound path to healing trauma through a series of really deep guided visualizations. It's the work I would do if we were in session together, but you can do it in the comfort of your own home. So you can check out my link in Insight Timer for more information about that. Deep gratitude to my supporters on Patreon and through this podcast. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.